you found Zane Matthews Between the Music On Demand, featuring local content from Town Square Media's Cool 107.9 in Grand Junction, Colorado. It's Cool 107.9 and the Cool 107.9 mobile app. Zane Matthews and the Most Music Morning Show. And I've got special guests with me in the studio. Back with us is Doug and Melinda McCaw. They were here a few weeks ago to talk about a record-breaking attempt on the Colorado Trail. 490 miles in less than eight days. And Doug and Melinda are here to talk about that experience. So, Doug and Melinda, good morning, and thanks for coming in. Let's go back and just to give people a little recap of the Colorado Trail and what your mission was. You guys have been on the trail before. It goes from Denver to Durango, essentially, over the mountains to through trails and meadows. And you guys have actually run this in the past. Back in 2020. We did 18 days, kind of averaging a little less than 30 miles a day. Which is remarkable in itself. That's like doing a marathon every single day. Yeah. And you're not talking about a flat surface elevation gain, elevation loss. Yeah, there's about 80,000 feet of elevation gain as you go across the trail. As if that wasn't remarkable enough, you're going to go for a record seven days in a few hours. Melinda, what motivated you to, to try this and to want to go for this record? After running it in 18 days... And it just had this desire. I don't know. Some switch was flipped while we were out there. <laughs> just this desire to know how much further I could push myself. And I was curious if I could break the record. So this was the end of July. You guys were at the trail. It's dark and you're starting out. Tell us about those first few hours. Well, the first few hours were great, actually. The night before when we had driven up to Durango, it had been pouring and raining the whole way. It was pouring when we got to camp, and we're like, please stop raining. Right? <laughs> uh, running in the rain is not fun. Yeah. So it actually stopped overnight, and it was just kind of a misty. It was very humid, but it was perfect. The okay. First five, five and a half hours yeah. were great. Yep. Then what happened? So we're, we're climbing up to Kennebec Pass, and the rains came in. And, you know, from that point on through the rest of the day, it, it, it was raining. Okay. Which... Mm-hmm. Which was okay. Um, it, it means wet feet. It means things are a little chillier. It means things are a little slipperier. And we didn't have thunder. We didn't have lightning. I mean, so there were, there were some nice things. There. So that was good. Yeah. But it certainly is uncomfortable. It's, it's challenging. Yep. So you continue to run through the rain. Yeah, we ran through the rain. Pretty much had wet feet about 30 minutes after our five and a half hour aid stop. Just put dry socks and shoes on. So that was a little disappointing. But yeah, it just it was like we were running, hiking up a stream the entire time. Okay. I think what happened, at least for me, is I was using a lot more different stabilizer muscles than I was used to. And just over the hours, that really took a toll on my left knee. So by the time we hit the 35-mile aid station, when I left there, I was like, oh my goodness, my knee really hurts on you the downhill. You can tell something's going on down there. Yeah, it was just really painful to go downhill. It wasn't really that bad going uphill. It was just downhill. Talking to Doug and Melinda McCaw about their record-breaking attempt to run the 490-mile Colorado Trail in less than eight days. But early morning rain at the beginning of the run has created challenges. Running in wet shoes and socks, slippery surfaces, and just a few hours in, Melinda is having some terrible pain in her left knee. So were you thinking about giving up at this point? Yeah, so that day I limped through the next five miles and we hit 40. And then we had to make a decision, do we keep going? Because our goal was actually another 30 miles, essentially, for that day. Because we're talking trying to do about 70 miles each day. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah. on foot, which, again, guys, that's just remarkable. What are you thinking at this point? So at this point, I didn't want to go any further because it was just so painful. But at the same time, I did want to go further because we had this goal. And we got to our aid stop, got in the truck. We were both cold because I had slowed way down. Hadn't been eating, so I wasn't taking the nutrition I needed. That wasn't helpful either. So we got in the truck, had the heat blasting took off the shoes and socks, working on what are we going to do and warming up at the same time. And Doug had actually sort of convinced me at that point that we should at least go the next 10, 12 miles to the next aid station and at least get to 50. So that was kind of what we were planning. But then the more we thought about it and talked to other people that were there, we kind of decided, well, let's just go rest the knee and see if we can get it loosened up, massage it, see if it's better to the next day. So we actually called it at 40 miles that day. Had it stopped raining by that time? No. No. It's still raining. It's still yeah. raining. Okay. Yeah. It rained for most of that night and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, we pulled out and, and got massage taken care of and, you know, tried to loosen the knee up as much as we could, got some food, got a little bit of sleep, and then got back in and started the next the next morning. I think we started the next morning by 6. Yeah, and it was um, actually kind of clearing up at yeah. the trail. So we got to see the sunrise, and I was like, this is great. And the knee felt a little better the first, like, mile or two, but it quickly came back to the way it was the day before. Okay. And by that point... We had to at least go to the next aid station or further. Which and was so how we kept far? Going. 12 miles. Well, so I ended up pretty much hiking. I hiked all the uphills and most of the downhills. And every once in a while, I would try to jog a little. And it it would feel okay at the beginning. And then, you know, within a minute, it was like back to super yeah. painful. So I would stop again, which is frustrating when you want to be running. It is frustrating, and there's nothing you can do about it. The pain is real, and it's a tough situation. Yeah. So we kept going. We got to the next aid station, and it actually didn't rain for the first, what, four or five hours that morning? Yeah. And then by the time we got to that first aid station, it was downright pouring. It was just dumping on us, and there was no shelter there except for a tree. so. So I didn't change shoes. My feet were actually not that bad at that point. They felt pretty dry, so... We just kept going. I hiked most of the way. We had another 20 miles to get to the end of our first 70. And how was the knee feeling at that point? It wasn't terrible. It hurt a little bit. But because I was hiking, it didn't really bother me that much. So, Melinda, when you're on that trail and you're dealing with these issues, these challenges, what's your mind doing? It was all over the place. Doug had kind of said at one point, after we left that last aid station to do the next 20. If we don't pick it up, we're not going to make it. Part of me was like, maybe we can go all night. And I was totally motivated to do that. Let's just go all night and catch up. I was thinking, I'm in. Let's go all night. And I was feeling better. I'd actually picked up the pace a little bit. I was actually feeling pretty good when we got the next 10 miles. And then just over time, things started to hurt more. Started feeling it in my groin area every time i lift my leg it would hurt front of my left ankle started hurting doug was he was hurting at this point as well a little bit so we decided to sit down and take a little break well that was a mistake because when i stood back up everything that had been hurting was like 10 times worse Mm, okay wow so it took me like 20 minutes to get back to where i had been (laughs) the last five or so miles was really tough i was tired everything was hurting at this point the knee had gotten back to really hurting on the downhill. Okay. Okay. We were mostly doing downhill by then. So I kind of limped in. Our, our uh, video crew <laughs> finally found us. They hadn't been able to shoot anything because of the weather. They couldn't get the drone up. Okay, and so sure. This was their first chance to actually get any drone footage was us coming down into the parking lot. They caught us like a mile or two out. 
Yeah. So we were trying to run so they could video us running, and I was just like, can we stop? And you're dying. <laughs> it was more like hobbling. <laughs> hobbling in. Yeah. But during that last few miles, I started to feel hot spots on my feet, and I'm like, oh, no. So you're thinking blisters? I'm thinking I'm developing blisters. Ah. Yeah. So... I still, you know, had had those thoughts of I want to go all night. We got down to the motorhome. I stripped off my shoes and my socks, and I had big blister in the ball of each foot, oh, just no. under the toe. Okay. And so I knew that, one, I was going super slow because of the knee and the blisters. So I was completely slowing us down, so I had to make that hard decision. Doug's feeling better. Let's give him the chance to go for the record. So at that point, I pulled out. Doug and Melinda McComb are attempting to break the record for the fastest known time on the Colorado Trail, 490 miles in less than eight days. But the elements have taken their toll, and on the second day, Melinda makes the heart-wrenching but necessary decision to drop out. But despite losing a lot of time, Doug is going to keep going and is still trying for the record. So what is the strategy at this point? What needs to happen is I, I've got to start working on catching up. I'm not entirely sure whether I can do that or not, but we're going to give it a good shot. In order to be back on schedule, I need to be about 50 miles down down the trail. Um, I left the trailhead about 9. After Melinda had left? We had his motorhome right there, okay. so she stayed there at Mullis Pass. And about 9 p.m. that night, I, I took off on the next leg. The next leg drops you from the top of Mullis Pass all the way down to the Animus. And it's, it's absolutely beautiful back in there, but, but it's nice and rugged. I made a great time coming down. I actually loosened up, and I was able to, to kind of really move and run. And since I'd been, been hiking all day, it was it was really it was kind of nice to stretch the leg. And I, I got down in, and it, as I started coming up the drainage, I started noticing that on steep ups, I had one leg that was was not feeling good and it was a it was a hip knee kind of issue i continued to work through through that section this next segment was another 20 miles that you're committed to and so i'm i'm working my way through the steeper it was the harder it was the very top of that has about 20 switchbacks as you come out of the out of the valley i'm actually in the clouds it's it's still dark so so you're in the clouds and you can you can see about 5 5 to 10 feet in front of you as i got close to stony pass the pain that i was feeling climbing transitioned to pain i was feeling descending as well so i I stopped a few times and started working on a massage right there on the trail, see if I could loosen things up and, you know, get it going. And so I, I ended up talking to support and having them come up to Stony Pass. I got some food and got, got going and whatnot, and then I started out on the next segment, which is another 15 miles. Um, and we're still on the second day. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's So it was about 8, 9 o'clock by the time I got to the – to the to Stony Pass, and then it was you know we're 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 into daylight. We're nine ten o'clock. So you've been running all night. Yeah. Are you thinking about sleep? I, I'm starting to get tired. Yeah. That yeah. would be not normal reaction. <laughs> yeah. So I got a good two hours in. Then it might have been three or so, but you know hours in, and then. You know, you start to get to the point where you're like, oh, you know, I need to take a break and I'm going to sit down by the trail and, oh, you know, 10 minutes, you know, just just, just sleep a little bit. And I, I'm up by myself. No pacers, no nothing, you know. Right. And at this point, we're well over 24 hours. After a couple naps, it was just like, I got to get more sleep. <laughs> sure. And not having someone there to um, continue to push, kind of guide when you're 
when your brain is that out of it. Right. You need was, a little little extra something there. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't helpful not to have somebody. Mm-hmm. I got down into Cataract Lake, and then you're climbing up over the next the next little pass there. At that point, I was in limp mode, essentially. I'm feeling pretty rough at this point. Feeling pretty rough. And I finally got coming into Marshall Pass at about five six o'clock that night and at that point i was pretty well shot i'd gotten about 35 more miles on on that um so i was i was up to about my 70 for the day so you are you uh, maybe 110 miles yeah yeah about 110 miles into the trail and looking at where i was supposed to have ended that day was another like 75 80 miles Mm, out okay um so at this point well, I was not catching up. I was not making the time that I needed to make. Um, my body was not happy. And Melinda, are you in contact with him during this time? Are you able to talk to him? Uh, most of the day I wasn't. Um, I finally got on my Garmin device and was able to actually get him to respond okay. few, a couple times. But yeah, pretty much most of the day I didn't know where he was, what was going on. So were, were we trying to give him some encouragement or are you saying, Doug, it's time to stop? Yeah, I was trying to encourage him, just saying, hey, you can do this. You can at least finish through the day. Keep going. Don't give up. But at, at this point, Doug, you're, you're having some pretty serious thoughts about maybe it's time to stop. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm three days in and haven't quite got two days worth of schedule done. Do you understand how amazing it is that you did 70 miles that day? <laughs> Probably that not. 99.9% of us could never do that. That is incredible. Thank you. It's been a grueling three days for Doug and Melinda McCoy in their attempt to break the fastest known time on the Colorado Trail on foot, 490 miles in less than eight days. The elements have been brutal. Melinda was forced to stop at the end of the first day because of incredible pain in her knee and in blisters on both feet. Doug has pressed on, but his body is telling him it might be time to give it a rest. So what was the final straw and how did you know it was time to stop? I kind of came down to thinking about where I was at what I needed to make up kind of came down to not feeling like I was where I needed to be to finish in the time I was after. So with that goal slipping away, probably won't get the goal we're after, but I will probably destroy a lot. Because of injury? Because of injury and because of what I have to push through. Yeah. Yeah. I know this was disappointing, but what have you learned from this experience that will help you the next time? And will there be a next time? Oh, there will be a next time. Okay. You know, I I learned a bit of the the need to have someone there. Just continuing to push, I I think, was was, was another another key item to learn. You know, we talked a lot about the physical part of this, but then there is the mental part that is equally as important and critical. And and probably maybe tougher than even the physical portion. When you're looking at, at, at hill over hill over hill and you're struggling up each one, it's easy to kind of go... Oh, wait a second. I need to sit down for a little bit. Having someone there to help you continue on or, or help to manage that a little bit when you're 30 hours in. Right. Right. <laughs> right. right. Is, is, is beneficial. We've been working on plans for you know what, what happens with coaching and, plan and how we approach this, trying to, trying to put better plans in place. So will there be another attempt in 2023? We've been talking about it. It somewhat depends on how Mel's rehab goes with her knee and, 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 how, that, and how that whole thing works out. Tentatively late August, early September is what we're shooting for. So you've got a goal, at least, that you're shooting for. Yep. If everything goes according to plan, it'll happen. 
but understanding that it might not. I know that Elevate Kids is a big part of this and why you do what you do, so just talk a minute about that and how this impacts Elevate Kids. Obviously, we didn't get enough footage for another Chasing the Sky movie yet. So what we are going to do and what we are working on is creating a little series from the footage that we got. And so we're going to have a, a series from that video on our YouTube channel here. And then our fun run is coming up. When's that going to happen? Fun run is April 16th, and registration is open. So you can do that. If you are a business and you're looking for a nice thing to support and, and get some advertising in the, in the process, we're looking for sponsors. ElevateKids.org. ElevateKids.org is where you'll find all the information. Doug and Melinda McCaw, thanks for sharing your story. And we look forward Forward to your next trek on the Colorado Trail. And you can read my story about Doug and Melinda.